Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It is wonderful to be with you, as always. You can see I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Anne DeSantis. Anne, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so excited for another series. You know, <laughs> we just finished the Synod, and yeah. so now we're doing this one on Back to School. This yeah. is exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is exciting to do Back to School uh, for our uh, for our college kids, you know, uh, it's the beginning. Uh, you know, most college kids have started uh, back to school now, but uh, it still is early in the semester. You probably haven't begun your midterms or anything like that yet. So uh, we just figured we would do, uh, you know, a kind of back to school toolbox, back to school basics for, um, you know, college kids uh, who are looking to. Uh, live their faith on campus, right? That's what this is all about. It's about living your faith uh, on campus. Uh, and so we're excited to do a four-part series uh, based on our book. <laughs> right, Anne? Yes. Now I'm going to hold up the book if we can see that. Let's see if we can see it here. Oh, I know we're doing these virtual backgrounds, but the book is called Hearts Burning Within Us. It was published in 2021 by Karis Publishing, and it's through Patchwork Heart Ministry. You can purchase the book at patchworkhearts.org. There's four authors in the book. It's Bill Snyder, Magdalene Riggins, and Jennifer Oakley, who was then Jennifer Southerton before she was married. She just got married this uh, past last year, I believe, in 2021. But it was an exciting book because we came together during the pandemic. Uh, and, and I really believe it was Holy Spirit-led. What can we do to reach out to those new college freshmen to help them to be inspired to stick with the Catholic faith. And so we came up with the idea of this book called Hearts Burning Within Us. I hope you'll check it out. And that's what this four-part podcast series is about. The, the first part of the book is called Understanding the Faith. And the book is based on questions that young people had, college-age students. Actually, when we wrote the book, young college age students were involved in the whole process of helping us to come up with these questions of faith that they were burnt, you know, burning within us, hearts burning within us. I mean, that's the title of the book, questions that might've been burning within their souls to ask uh, regarding their Catholic faith and sticking to it, especially during those tough years of college. So Bill, I just want to thank you for helping to put together this beautiful book, and so that we can have this podcast series and just invite those college students to become a part of this community and maybe possibly purchase the book. Yeah, you know, definitely jump over to karispublishing.com uh, or uh, you can also go over to our website, patchworkheart.org. Uh, it's being updated, folks. Our website uh, is being updated. So uh, if you see uh, you know, a little bit of construction mm -hmm. going on, just know that it's uh, being updated right now. Uh, to make it a little more user-friendly. But, yeah, you can head over to our website, purchase the book. Uh, and you may want to do that as you follow along in this series. Uh, you know, we're not going to, I think, delve into the specific questions, although we might go into some of the questions that we have in the book. Uh, but, you know, we don't want to spoil the answers for you. I mean, we want you to read the book. So, uh, you, But you may want to use it as a reference guide for the podcast or, you know, kind of a supplemental material. 
uh, as we're talking, you know, through through this. So yeah, feel free, folks. Uh, you know, definitely grab a copy of the book. Uh, you know, it, you can also get it on Amazon. You can get it through all that stuff. But go ahead and support us directly. That's always a really nice way to help us and help our ministries uh, is supporting us directly uh, by going to patchworkheart.org uh, and you can buy it there. We'll ship it out. And if you do that, I can also sign it for you. So uh, that's always a bonus, right? You can always get a signed copy uh, or for a loved one, right? You know, uh, maybe you're a mom or a dad or a grandparent watching the show on uh, YouTube and saying, hey, you know what? This is going to be a, a good thing for my, uh, you know, you know, grandson or granddaughter to get uh, or my son or my daughter to get as they go off to school here for the first time. We, we I think we targeted the audience when we were doing the book and for those, uh, you know, going off to college, right? Like it was at, you know, senior, um, you know, age, like, you know, senior in high school age, uh, freshman, sophomore. Uh, that's kind of the early, early college was what we kind of targeted it for because we really wanted kids uh, to, gr you know, have something to grasp onto uh, as they went off. So, yeah, uh, understanding the faith is tonight's topic. And then uh, we'll go through the four uh, areas of the book um, that we that we ended up coming up with in the table of contents. That's right. You know, when Bill, you did a great job with that intro. Now, may I read, because I think it's so beautifully written on the back cover of the book is a description of the book. And Bill, when he uh, created a commercial, like an ad for the book, um, it's that beginning paragraph that really describes what this book is all about. And it says that over 2000 years ago, two disillusioned disciples walked along a dusty road to Emmaus. They had just witnessed Jesus, their friend and leader, whom they hoped to be the Messiah, suffer a gruesome death by crucifixion. Doubt, fear, and uncertainty clouded their conversation as they journeyed home, questioning the future, until something miraculous happened. The risen Jesus appeared and answered their questions. You know, Bill, let's start with that. You did a beautiful job on that. And every time I hear the commercial for the book, I mean, I say, wow, isn't that really what this book is all about? Yeah, uh, for certain. You know, um, when you talk about questions, you know, uh, I think Emmaus is really that spot, right? That where qu questions were answered. Uh, that 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 walk, that journey uh, from you know back from Emmaus uh, back to Emmaus. And I, I think when you um, you know, encounter this story, you can't help but recognize that the Holy Spirit is present. Uh, I mean, Jesus himself is present. He says, you know, wherever two or three of you are gathered, I am with you, right? And, and you know, that's just what he says. And so when, when we look at that, um, there can be a powerful, holy conversation in our line of questioning, right? And so when we get together... Um, and we seek the Lord, the Lord shows up. And that right there, I believe, Anne, is um, where where we can start with this book uh, and where we can start with this podcast conversation because um, Jesus shows up. And, and he's going to show up in your holy conversations as you, um, as college students, have them. As you have them, as you question, as you dive into the faith. Um, Jesus will show up and he will give you what you need um, to grow in more uh, 
relationship with him, in a deeper relationship with him. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, I, that's where that's where my heart is uh, when I when I wrote the book. It was, you know, let's really journey and let's really ask the questions that are on our hearts um, because we have them. We all have them. I still have them. I know, and you still have questions. Uh, about the Catholic faith, we never we never grow tired of asking questions and questioning, um, and Jesus meets us in that in that uh, conversation. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I love what you just said that you know we're never done learning. You know, I'm 57. I'm not afraid to talk about my age because I think um, <laughs> you know none of us is getting younger, are we? So I mean. <laughs> And, and age helps us, hopefully, if we're going in the right direction, age helps us to be more um, intelligent in terms of who we are and what God's plan is for us and wisdom, right? We all want to learn, learn to grow in wisdom. Now, I'm looking at one of the chapters underneath this section of understanding the faith. And I think, Bill, I honestly think this is one of our best chapters. It's called, Why Does God Permit Bad Things in Our World? And that's chapter five of the book. And it says, it really comes down to love. I know that sounds silly, but you cannot force someone to love you, and neither can God. God gave us free will, hoping that we would cho freely choose to love him. The good news is we can choose to love him. And the bad news is we can choose not to love him. If God created us without free will, love simply would not exist. And I just think we gave a pretty good answer to that one because let's face it, Bill, don't you think that's one of the main questions that people use as to why they don't want to practice their faith because they see all these quote-unquote bad things happening in the world? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think one of the things that when we actually delve into that question is uh, a, a real encounter with, uh, social sin, right? We see, uh, all we have to do is turn on the news for like five seconds, right? <laughs> and we see, you know, stuff blowing up and going crazy in the world, right? It just happens. And so um, we need, I mean, even, um, you know, we recently just celebrated, uh, you know, memorialized the, um, the anniversary of 9-11, right? Uh, you know, 21st, uh, you know, anniversary of 9-11. Uh, and, you know, I mean, think about that. The The college kids we're talking to right now um, are, were probably toddlers, right? They were probably toddlers when 9-11 happened, right? It, we're talking 21 years ago. Uh, some of them weren't even born, right? Your, your 18, 19-year-olds weren't even born um, during, you know, 9-11. They don't remember it. But, um, you know, here's the thing. When when you um, have something bad that happens in the world, you see it. it it's a it's a um, you know s collective social sin. We see how this personal sins build up into social sin, right? And um, that's confusing for a lot of young people. That's confusing for a lot of uh, people who say, "Hey, wait a minute! If I'm a good person, you know, why is all these things happening in in the world?" Uh, that that are not good, and we have to look at that. We have to uh, address that. But the re the reality is, is that uh, it comes down, you know, to personal sin. 
you know, and so we have to look at our lives and say, how are we contributing to the world? How are we contributing to the world to build it up, uh, to bring the light of Christ into these dark situations? And, um, you know, so, so when you're talking about following your faith in college, you know, turn off the news. <laughs> turn off the news. Turn it off. And, you know, read a good book. I I was telling Ann before I got uh, we got on the air that um, I I took my son over to the library today for the first time. Right, he's never been to a library in his life. Uh, I went over and got a library card and took him over there. Like it was so quiet, so peaceful, so wonderful. Uh, people were so kind, and uh, the librarian was so kind. She was explaining all the different activities and the things that they have. Like there's still kindness. There's still um, you know, good places to go. Turn off the noise and uh, focus on your faith. Focus on what is true, good, and beautiful. And you will, um, you know, you will uh, seek your faith, but you begin to understand it more um, when, you, when you shut down all the noise that's surrounding you because Satan loves to just distract us, right? He loves to distract us from understanding our faith. He can, he can put all these, you know, shiny worldly objects in our path to say, eh, you don't have to follow this. You don't have to do this. You don't have to, you, you know, you know, you can do that later. <laughs> you can do that later. Don't worry about that. You got time to, you know, develop your faith. When you're like 80, you can do that. I promise. And some, some of us don't make it to 80. So we, we really need to, you know, seize the moment. Um, and, and you're never, ever, ever too young to follow to follow your faith and and you know grow in that understanding and deepening of it yeah that's right thanks for sharing what you said too about um, going to the library i mean that is a great memory for me with my two daughters who i did homeschool which i've talked about on other podcasts but you know as you said there's still goodness in the world there's still wholesome activities that you can do with your children and may I suggest that for those people who are either college students or parents of college students, there's also still good things for college age and late teens, early 20s. It's not all about just partying and having a great time and getting drunk and doing whatever you want. I mean, these are things that we address in our book because, you know, there is such a thing as, as sin. And a lot of times people go through college and they get involved in some of those things and Honestly, I think they're the things that we look back on our lives and say, I should have never done that. I should have never partied so much. I should have never, you know, um, I'm going to say it bluntly. I should have never given myself before marriage or something like that, you know? So there's all kinds of things and regrets that people have. And when you realize that there's wholesome and good activities that you can do, even no matter what your age is. So even if you are in that college frame, you can choose faith. You can choose to still stick with going to mass. You can stick with still praying and still remembering what you were taught as a child. Um, I also want to address one of the chapters underneath that special section that we're talking about tonight under, under uh, understanding the faith. It's in chapter 11. And I thought it was a really interesting chapter. And the chapter itself is uh, the Catholic stand on the death penalty. And I, I, I commend Bill because I believe that, Bill, you were the one that kind of like brought this one to life. And it says that what does the church believe about the death penalty? 
it is purely wrong to end another uh, human's life or is it circumstantial? And one of the things, I'm not gonna read the whole thing because there's a lot to read there. It says that in 2018, at the direction of Pope Francis, the church updated the catechism to reflect a new teaching on the death penalty and making it inadmissible in every circumstance. This update was deep, ha has deepened the church's teaching on the practice. So let's unpack that a little bit, Bill. That was a pretty big deal. And I'm so glad that you were the one that brought that to life in the book. Yeah, um, you know, it is, a, uh, it is a topic where when we look at um, life issues, and we look at all the life issues in the book, I want to be very, very clear about that. I mean, uh, there were uh, a great concern from young people about the life issues. Catholic young people are looking at the issues of life. You know, when, when uh, society says, that oh or or certain groups in the church say oh there's so many other issues other than life that you know th that that the church could address yes and we address them but life issues are also on the hearts of young people and you know again womb to tomb is what we believe and so again uh, pro life from conception until natural death right that's what we're talking about and so. Uh, when when uh, Pope Francis in 2018 updated the Catechism of the Catholic Church to talk on the death penalty, um, he he did so because um, he, he really uh, felt that the church needed a some new direction and uh, and focus on the death penalty. Um, Again, young people want to know about these um, these these questions. They have them on their heart, and so what did what did Pope Francis say? Well, he said that it's inadmissible in every circumstance, in all cases, um, and and you know there are, there are strong feelings on the issue within those in the church. I've encountered them myself. Some people say, oh, well, you know, uh, in, in certain cases, this would be okay. In certain cases, that would be okay. Um, well, it's not about what you necessarily like. It's about what is good for the human soul. And even those souls that are guilty, right? You know, we talked about, you know, s you know sin and social sin. There is no person that is beyond redemption. No person that is beyond redemption. And um, Christ's love can penetrate even the most hardened heart. And so in the, in the light of allowing the human heart every beat that God grants it so that they can come to terms with their um, uh, you know deep weakness deep sinfulness uh, is crucial for the repentance process what who do we as um, as human beings get to say that this person's life is over uh, you know we don't get to say that about our own life in, in suicide, we don't get to say that 
about an unborn child's life, why do we get to say it about a prisoner on death row? Like, it's above our pay grade. You know, it's above my pay grade. <laughs> it just, that's how it is. And um, the, the church and Pope Francis has recognized this. Now, were there issues back in um, different times with the safety of innocent life? Absolutely, right? That, you know, the church didn't want murderers running around and killing more and more and more people. Like, that was a serious issue. Now, you know, the chances are rather remote with the detention systems that we have in place that make um, the the death penalty inadmissible, right? Like, you know, we, death row prisoners aren't escaping. You know, murderers aren't escaping at a rate where it's putting innocent life at risk. Now, if, if that was to return or come back in some way, uh, the church may need to re-examine the teaching. But, um, you know, and that's exactly what Pope Francis says, actually, in, in his uh, teaching, and it's in the book. Uh, he, he says, you know, there, there, there was a time when uh, detention systems were not um, the, the way they are today. <laughs> uh, and the church, you know, could have seen an, a necessity for this. But that's not the case anymore. <laughs> so the church moves with the Holy Spirit and moves with the time and, and updates that. Um, and so, again, this was on young people's hearts. These were not questions that were uh, on our hearts to answer, you know. Uh, we didn't we didn't come up with one question in this book. They were all on the young people. And so pe young people want to know these questions. Abortion, death penalty, uh, euthanasia, suicide, all, all of it. Like it's all in the book and they all want to know w what it is. Yeah, good job, Bill. I, and I really think that the questions in our book, I mean, they're amazing questions. I'm just going to read a few just so that people who are thinking, Hmm, you know, I think I might want to buy this book. Again, it's called Hearts Burning Within Us, Answers to Burning Questions from Catholic College Students. And it's a real life book with those burning questions because they were from, not from us, they were from college students. So some of those other ones are guided interpretation of biblical languages, um, denominational versus Catholic Bibles, marriage versus procreation. Uh, for, uh, for procreation versus infertility, Catholic stand on death penalty, explaining why deacons can marry. I mean, that's just some. Another one that we came up with and that, that the students came up with was what about purgatory? And I thought that was another interesting <laughs> one. And it says, if you're looking for an explicit mention of purgatory, you'll not find it in the Bible. However, there are several references to a place of purgation throughout both the Old and New Testament. Here are a couple examples, and then, of course, we give those examples, and I won't read them. But, um, Bill, let's talk about it. <laughs> Purgatory. Ed. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, again, it, it surprises me when you when you ask questions. And uh, there was somebody we were talking to uh, who gave us a wonderful review on the book uh, on um, on Amazon, and he was saying, you know, why why are these questions in the book? That maybe you know they could be maybe a little hard hitting or a little more hard hitting, or they could be a little bit more, um, it, you know, uh, directed toward you know catechesis, and and I and uh, I just said, you know, absolutely, you know, but these were the but these were not questions coming from us. They were questions coming from the hearts of young people. And so yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Some of the questions uh, in here, 
um, are like, hey, wait a minute, why are we why are we answering these? Like, church use on marijuana, you know, and <laughs> or, or, or can can Christians use marijuana and stuff like that? Yeah, um, they're not my questions. So when it comes to purgatory, again, um, I was surprised, I think, to be answering this one. I mean, I I don't I don't uh, I don't think you know young people today are sitting there you know at home thinking about purgatory, but clearly they are. Right. They're clearly thinking about these things. And so when when you look at purgatory, I mean, it's a really simple. And first of all, um, yeah, I, I will preface this by saying one of my um, dear friends in ministry, uh, Susan Tassoni, is the purgatory lady. She is uh, the foremost authority in the church, uh, has had two audiences with John Paul II um, and very good friends. So if you're looking for more on purgatory, like you want a full episode of that search on Young Catholics Respond on the podcast feed. Um, because you will find some interviews that I have done. I think I've done three or four interviews with Susan Tassoni, uh, and she is amazing, amazing person. Um, but, but, to, but to sum up purgatory in the in the time that we have, it's just really simple. Um, I want to say that, uh, you know, we we have a couple different uh, issues when it comes to sin right again we go back to sin when we sin we rupture our relationship with god if, it, if it's a mortal sin right so uh, so imagine throwing the rock through a window right like that's you chuck the rock through the window what happens it breaks the window well now you're in uh serious sin and and and, and you can't get into heaven unless you have um you know uh you know sealed up windows so you know what have you done? You've broken your neighbor's window on purpose. You threw a rock through it. You have to do two things. Number one, you have to go over. You've got to apologize to your neighbor, right? You have to say, hey, listen, I am so sorry for breaking your window. And that right there it, it, it eliminates the eternal punishment. No longer are you going to hell, right? You've, you really repented. You said, I'm so sorry for this sin. Um, you, and, and, you know, they forgive you. But there's still the issue that there's a broken window, Right. So they so they forgive you and and you say you're sorry uh, and you repent of your sin. But the window is still broken. So what does purgatory do? Purgatory allows us to make reparation and repair the window. Right now, here's the good news is that we can do that on this side of the dirt. Right. Like, you know, like when we go to confession, the church gives us a penance or the priest gives us a penance. And what does that penance do? It. Um is intended to repair somewhat that relationship uh, with God, right? Uh, so, you know, those prayers or those actions uh, that we do for our penance help us uh, restore our relationship. Um, but again, you're not getting into heaven until every window is repaired. Um, you know, and so a purgatory gives us an opportunity to do that. Uh, God, God says, hey, you know what? I know you're sorry, for your sin, but you still got to repair all the windows. I can't let you in until until you have a perfect, uh, purified soul. Uh, and so uh, that is purgatory in a nutshell. Uh, again, my friend Susan would be able to explain it uh, much, much better than I do. But that's kind of purgatory in a nutshell there. Yeah, very good. Very good. And I love what we're doing because I want to let people know that are watching this podcast. The reason we're talking about these different topics is that we're doing a four part series on our book called Hearts Burning Within Us. It's a book specifically for 
college age students. I mean, we wrote it for those students that are entering college with them in mind. And we're doing this in four parts. And part one of the book is understanding the faith. And so we're just kind of going through some of those topics in the book that were underneath that topic. Now, I thought maybe this might be a good one to end on, Bill, but one of those questions was pro-life focus should, all, should be all-inclusive. And the question itself was, why are most pro-life movements and marches only focused on abolishing abortion? When I attend the pro-life march, I wonder why every sign I saw was about protecting unborn lives rather than focusing on all stages and pro-life focuses. I did not see any signs about death penalty, physician-assisted suicide, euthanasia, or other pro-life issues. Now, keep in mind, that was not my question <laughs> or Bill's question. That was the college students. And let me just, Bill, if I could read just a little bit here. It says, you bring up a great point. We as Catholics do have a responsibility to draw awareness to and to work to end injustices of all kinds, especially those that deal with terminating life before natural death. Regarding the death penalty, specifically the Catholic Mobilizing Network is a great organization that works to end the death penalty, but certainly more can be done to promote the consistent ethic of life throughout the church. So, um, Bill, I didn't know if you wanted to say any more about that, but that was a good question, yeah. you know, for people who are kind of on the fence and thinking, I'm interested in my Catholic faith and I want to be pro-life, but I want to focus on all those issues and not just one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, um, what I tell young people is, and I think I, I wrote it in the last little portion of that, is to get involved, right? Uh, you need to, you know, not every single, um, <laughs> you know, area can be addressed without your help. You know, you're put on the planet to do certain things. If you are passionate about an issue, we need you. Like, you know... Um, Absolutely. Unborn babies, uh, you know, is kind of the chief focus of the pro-life movement be, because it's innocent, unborn life. Um, and look at the amazing victory and through the prayers that we have had recently. Right. We've had incredible victories through 40 plus years of prayer and dedication to that to that cause but there are so many other areas right i mean the the, the student that wrote that question named them off and named them like ph physician assisted suicide euthanasia uh death penalty uh you know suicide all of these things the church needs you the holy spirit needs you if you're passionate about one of those issues you know maybe you've lost lost a loved one to suicide you know i i haven't but maybe you have and and you're you're questioning you're doubting you know why would God allow this person to do this? Or why would this person do this? The church needs you in battle, right? Create a nonprofit foundation. Reach out to your diocese. Find out what is going on, uh, that you, uh, how you can plug in, and, and how you can save those souls, right? Um, so that, you know, that's really this, you know, understanding your faith you know, we're talking about that topic tonight, but understanding your faith uh, it really comes, really comes when you put it into action and uh, follow your passions, right? Follow your passions. What are you passionate about? Uh, and if you're passionate about one of those issues, you know, do something about it. And God will use you in amazing ways to uh, reach up in his kingdom. So yeah, and this is 
so much fun uh, to be talking with you and uh, doing this series. Uh, you know, this has been this has been a blast, and, and there's so much more. So you have to get a copy of the book because we can't go into all these questions in a half hour. There's just no way we could do all of them. Yeah, exactly. And now next podcast is on living the faith. So be sure to watch that one. Now, if some of you aren't connected with us, remember we're at patchworkheartradio.org, patchworkheart.org. The the website's being revamped. Be sure to connect on YouTube at Patchwork Heart Ministry and like the page. Now, we have to thank our friends at Fiat Ministry Network because they're always sharing our podcast all over the place. So be sure to like the Fiat Ministry Network page on Facebook. And if you would, the St. Raymond Anonis Foundation, where I serve as executive director. Our website is nonatis.org. There's always, you know, collaborative work between the three of us. And I'm even more excited because we've been together in ministry now for uh, more than a couple years. And we have even more great things that are happening this year. Can I mention one thing? Because I think it's important to mention is that we have a Eucharistic Summit coming up at the end of December of 2022, December 6th, 7th, and 8th. We have wonderful speakers that are going to be on this uh, Eucharistic Summit, such as Bishop William Byrne of the Diocese of Springfield, Massachusetts, and Gary Zimak, Allison Jingras, and so many others. So please do uh, sign up for this wonderful conference, this Eucharistic Summit. It's called the Eucharistic Summit, Sowing Hope into Broken Hearts. And just go to nonatis.org, and there's a page there that you can actually register for the event. Thank you so much. And thank you, Bill. Oh, really ab- excited about everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, especially if you're a college kid, but, you know, le- wanting to learn, you know, more about the faith, we're going to have an amazing lineup. We, I think we have 21 Catholic speakers already. 21. Right now, mm-hmm. and uh, no, we're going to get more, <laughs> of course. Yeah, we so, sure are. So we're going to have yes. a lot of uh, amazing Catholic speakers mm-hmm. coming your way. Uh, so please, please, please uh, sign up, uh, you know, for the for it, uh, and uh, you know, reach out. But Anne, this has been uh, a, a pleasure as always, uh, working with you, talking with you, and doing this new series. So, uh, folks, stay tuned and continue to uh, follow, friend, and like us anywhere that uh, we can be found on social media at Sowing Hope. Until next time, may God bless you and your families. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos too.